This episode's gonna be double O sick. God, that was corny. You bet your asteroid. How's it going, Geekologists? This is Diego. Josh is not here with me today. As I dive into the world of 007, James Bond, I uh, wanted to just give some thoughts on the Bond franchise from my perspective, um, seeing that we've got uh, the presumably the last film from Daniel Gregg's um, James Bond coming up soon. So um, first of all, I want to preface all this by saying that I was never a Bond fan until Daniel Craig um, started off as James Bond in 2006 with Casino Royale. So up until that point, my perception of 007 was that it seemed a little bit too cartoonish. Mind you, I've, uh, I've never seen the Sean Connery stuff. I've never seen, uh, Roger Moore stuff. I, I only had as a point of comparison, Pierce Brosnan. So for all I know, uh, the older stuff is, you know, phenomenal and comparable to the quality that I that I feel in Daniel Craig's portrayal of uh, of the Bond character and these movies uh, uh, feel and tone for that entire world. Pierce Brosnan just always seemed a little bit too, uh, you know, too cartoonish. Too, uh, mind you, this is a you know fan of comic books and superhero flicks talking here, but. It just never struck me as something that I wanted to get into. I remember, of course, um, as a teenager, GoldenEye being, you know, huge because of that. Uh, what was it? Nintendo sixty four uh, game. Um, everybody got into it. I think that's probably why I never got into that game because I I was never into 007, so it never seemed like something that I wanted to partake in. But lo and behold, in two thousand six comes along. Casino Royale. And I don't know for what reason I got so interested in seeing this movie, even though I had never caught a 007 film. I think it maybe maybe it had to do with the, you know, the whole, you know, Texas Holden poker tournament thing. Maybe it had to do with the fact that it was a new um iteration of the Bond character, and I felt like it was a good place for me to jump on. Um, whatever it was, when I watched that movie, I fell in love with that character. I fell in love with that version of James Bond. And I really do think that it had a lot to do with Daniel Craig's performance. Like his whole demeanor, his whole persona to me is something that draws me into that world. It's, I feel, and again, without having seen entire films, you know, I've seen bits and pieces of the Pierce Brosnan films here and there when they're, you know, on TV or whatever, but I never, I never got the same gravitas from those glimpses into those films that I get when I see the Daniel Craig, James Bond. And I... I completely acknowledge that I'm not a savant in this topic. So everything that I'm about to say is subjective and it is based on the opinion of somebody whose road to James Bond is exactly what I just described. So, um, you know, take it as you will. But uh, these are my opinions. And I've definitely gotten deep into um, the last 
five movies of James Bond or the last four movies. Um, Casino Royale, which came out in 2016. Quantum of Solace, which came out in 2008. Sorry, Casino Royale in 2006. Quantum of Solace in 2008. Skyfall in 2012. Spectre in 2015. And now we've got the upcoming No Time to Die in 2020. So um, I love, I think... Martin Campbell as a uh, director on uh, Casino Royale, he, you know, his vision is the one that sold me. So I love that because it was the first introduction. It's kind of like watching Batman Begins, right? Where no matter how great the Dark Knight is, and I really do think that the Dark Knight is the best of that entire trilogy. Um, but no matter how great that film is, I will never get tired of watching Batman Begins, just like I'll never get tired of watching Iron Man 1. There's just something about the origin type of story that draws me in so much, and it's the same thing with this Daniel Craig character. Like, from the opening scene of that movie, of uh, Casino Royale, where it's in black and white, and we're seeing him basically carry out the assignment. And this is a scene that a lot of people might not remember if they haven't seen the movie recently, but I recently did a rewatch of all the films um, a little marathon, and I that scene really captured me when when I saw it again, where he's basically earning his stripes, he's basically earning his designation as a 007 agent, and that part it's it's so great, like the you know the way that we have to see him basically almost die fighting some dudes in a bathroom uh, to gain his 007 status was 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 such a cool way of starting the entire thing, and it didn't take a lot of time. But it painted such a great picture of what kind of portrayal Daniel Craig was going to bring to this Bond character. Um, then came Quantum of Solace, and that one was directed by uh, Mark Forster. I think, <clears throat> I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a continuation of it. Um, however, it didn't capture me the same way that Casino Royale captured me. I don't know if it was maybe the subject matter, the whole thing of this guy, um, you know, pretending to, you know, bring about some clean energy stuff while he was really, you know, stealing subterraneously, you know, water from a land that was already in a terrible drought. And um, I don't know if it was the setting, you know, the desert, the whole deal. I don't know what it was. Um, maybe it was also the supporting cast, perhaps. There was just something about... Um, What's her name? Uh, Ava Eva Green. Ava Green, I think her name is. Um, the the one who uh, plays Vesper in um, in Casino Royale and in uh, the beginning of Quantum of Solace, for that matter. Uh, she is. She was such a great counterpart to Bond. That scene when they're on the train and they're meeting for the first time and they're going to have to go undercover and they're supposed to collaborate. And she's representing the treasury and she's bringing the money and he's supposed to be the one playing in this game. And they're supposed to have all the, these aliases and this whole backstory. <laughs> and they're basically sizing each other up on the train and digging into each other's psyches, trying to figure each other out. It's like he met his match. And it, it was such a cool scene. I, I love all their scenes together, I think, are fantastic. All the way through, you know, um, him playing the actual game and her, uh, you know, fit it, having given him a dinner jacket that was exactly his perfect size and him being blown away by it. 
Um, it was just so great. It was it was such a good movie. And then um, then you've got Skyfall, and this is where Sam Mendes steps in. Sam Mendes is a great director. Um, Skyfall in 2012, to me, this is personally the dark night of this series so far you know we'll have to wait and see what no time to die does but um to me skyfall is the the it's the climax it's a zenith of this series and i think part of it and that's i'll take this opportunity to get into this very important topic and very unique topic to the bond movies and it's the bond theme songs for each movie and this is something obviously that i didn't know um, before getting into Daniel Craig's James Bond, but there's been, you know, so many great artists who have composed theme songs for James Bond uh, along the way, you know, starting all the way back in 1962 for, uh, you know, Dr. No, the James Bond theme composed by uh, Monty Norman. And then, you know, going all the way through, I mean, you've had some big names, you know, um, let me, let me read through some of these. So let's see, uh, John Barry, Leslie Bricusay, John, uh, Hal David, Don Black, Paul McCartney with Linda McCartney. Um, let's see, we've got Mick Leeson. We've got Tim Rice. We've got Duran Duran. We've got, uh, Bono, the edge, Cheryl Crow. Um, Madonna, <laughs> David Arnold, Chris Cornell, Jack White, Alicia Keys, and then of course, to me, there is, and I've I've heard the rest of these songs, the, the past songs, I've heard them. Um, of course, not watching the films because I didn't get into it until 2006, but I heard them um, in preparation for this episode, and just because I really wanted to see what. What was up with all these episodes, you know, with all these uh, songs? How do they compare to the songs that are my favorites? And to me, with Skyfall, um, the theme song composed by Adele. First of all, I love Adele as an artist. You know, I think that she is one of the, the best talents in our generation. You know, all you have to do, go to YouTube and find her performance. I think it was in Madison Square Garden. And it's basically her on stage with a microphone spotlight on her wearing a black dress and she doesn't move around. She doesn't dance. She doesn't have any backup dancers, anything like that. There's nothing going on except her singing and she commands the entire arena in such a mind blowing way. This woman's voice is incredible. She's an amazing performer. She has such an incredible presence and then she is selected to compose the theme song for 2012's Skyfall. And as soon as I heard this, my mind was blown. I think it set up so perfectly what the movie was going to feel like. And by the way, I mean, uh, tr uh, a spoiler alert for, you know, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Inspector. If you haven't seen those movies... Yeah, I'm not sure why you'd be listening to this particular episode, but um, unless you're trying to see if uh, James Bond is something you can get into, like I did in 2016, in which case, welcome to this episode. Um, Skyfall, 
to me was such a mind-blowing movie man it was so great how i don't know if this has ever been done before in bond movies my uh my feeling is that it hasn't been um but in here we get to actually dig a little bit into james bond the man we get in we get to dig into him uh into his past and we really get to see where he came from why he was so ideal for the 007 program and to be a secret agent with with the British government. Uh, We get to see what he was running away from. And it's so great how his past, that past that he wanted no part of anymore, ended up being his only solution to the problem of the villain of this film, um, played by Javier Bardem. Brilliantly played by Javier Bardem. What I, I love this villain. I know there were some inconsistencies in the plot, you know, but hey, there were inconsistencies in the plot for the Joker too. You can poke holes pretty much in any movie plot um, that you can think of, but it doesn't lessen the intensity of the villain, you know, the mastermind that that he was, and how much of a of a challenge he was for. Uh, James Bond to overcome because of his mastery of technology. And he had to basically take him to a different playing field, James Bond did, to be able to best him. And so I love that it isn't until basically the, 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 the third act of the movie that we actually find out what the heck Skyfall is. And, you know, you hear the song from Adele and, you know, Skyfall, and you hear the word repeated over and over and over again. And you start developing kind of a, a mindset. And I'm talking about leading into the movie before I watch the actual movie. You know, you start developing uh, uh, an, an idea in your head of what Skyfall could mean. But then it's actually, it's his property. It's a property that he grew up in. It's called Skyfall. And it's somewhere in Scotland, I believe. And it's, you know, this very gray place. And it's there where everything culminates. And man, what a movie. What a movie. Uh, Skyfall is a fantastic film. Again, I don't know if any other James Bond film ever got into the psyche and into the past of the James Bond character like that film did. But what Sam Mendes uh, did with that movie was give this 007 even more validation in my eyes. Again, he won me, Martin Campbell won me over with 2006's Casino Royale. What a movie. Quantum of Solace gave me enough to keep me going and keep me interested. And then Skyfall just made me fall in love with this character in a way that I had only until this point, until that point in my life, fallen in love with characters like, you know, Batman and Spider-Man, characters from the comics whom I have read countless issues of watched countless movies, read books about, I mean, all sorts of stuff that I, all sorts of different mediums that I've taken in these characters, mythologies through. And just in this one movie in Skyfall, Sam Mendes gave me enough to just make me love this character at that same level. So to me, Craig, Daniel Craig's uh, um, James Bond is, is right up there with me, like right up there with these guys for me. He is, he is, uh, he's top notch as far as, you know, leading role within a certain mythology or a certain world. Then Spectre gave us a little bit more depth. It built upon what, uh, you know, Sam Mendes built upon what he started with Skyfall. 
Um, I think the one thing that perhaps I wasn't feeling too much was this direction. I feel like Skyfall did just enough to take us to make it personal for James Bond, but Spectre started taking it a little bit too far, I think, for my taste. That's the only thing that I have against it. But the action scenes just kept being topped. I don't know how they keep doing this, but and without getting to the point of fast and furious ridiculousness, right? Which is a very important point too. Um, you could very easily exaggerate so far that you start becoming cartoonish, which is again, it's what I remember from glancing at a few scenes here and there of Pierce Brosnan's um, uh, James Bond character. It looked too cartoonish to me, but it doesn't get there with uh, with Daniel Craig's James Bond, and I love that. And of course. There's so many different side stories going on for this character, love interests, uh, betrayals, um, the characters around him, the supporting characters around him, you know, M, my God, you know, what a performance. And I know she was around since before from, from where Pierre Bro when Pierre Bro Pierce Brosnan was uh, James Bond. So I can only imagine that that was a great deal of fan service for people to see her come back for this new series. She's great. I mean... Judy Dench, my God, what you know, what an actress, what class, what a lady. I, I love that woman. She was so fantastic in, in her role. And um, you know, it all culminates for her, of course, in, in Skyfall. Um, but the role, the, the space that she occupies, that she comes to occupy in James Bond's life is phenomenal. It's really interesting because I love the way that this uh film series plays with that, even though James Bond had a very complex and troubled upbringing. He, it, it's funny how life has a way of bringing things full circle and maybe later on in life, giving us the characters, if I can use that word, that we lacked when we were children. Life has a way of bringing opportunities for us to encounter those roles in our lives. Um, later on down the road, if we're paying attention, if we're attuned to it. And um, and it definitely did that for James Bond. Then now comes uh, No Time Today, which, by the way, uh, when, speak, going back to speaking about songs. So Casino Royale, the song's title, the theme song's title was You Know My Name, and that was by David Arnold and Chris Cornell. Um, cool song. Cool enough that it made me be like, okay, this is really cool. You know, when I saw it in the opening sequence, which is another thing. The opening credits, the opening sequence for these James Bond movies. My God, I imagine that they were similar with the other James Bond films. This is something fantastic. I look forward to those opening scenes as much as I do to the movie itself. It's like a, a separate thing that I'm watching. It's like when you go to watch a Pixar movie and you know that they're going to have a Pixar short and you know you want to watch that Pixar short. Like, you, you know... You can't wait to be surprised by the, what the Pixar short is gonna is gonna is gonna do, right? And uh, that's how I feel when I sit down to watch one of these movies. Like, oh man, I can't wait for the opening credits to start, you know, so that I can see the song that has already been sold to me for months before the movie comes out. I can see it in action, right, with this beautiful, picturesque, you know, psychedelic almost type of imagery treatment that they give these films. It's such a fantastic thing to see uh, to see those songs come to life in those opening sequences. And uh, let's see. Then we've got uh, for Quantum of Solace, 
we've got the song title is Another Way to Die, and that's by Jack White. I really, this was interesting what they did with this one. It was Jack White and Alicia Keys who collaborated in this. Um, in the performance itself, it was written by, by Jack White. And it had kind of a feel of that classic James Bond song, the classic James Bond theme song. I guess it kind of like remixed it in a way. And it was it was interesting. It felt very rock and roll, uh, which is pretty different from the other ones, at least from the Daniel Craig ones. I'm not, you know, the other ones have very different genres applied to them, which is I found kind of interesting when I went back and listened to them. But um, another way to die by Jack White and Alicia Keys. I thought that was pretty cool. A little little bit of rock thrown in. It did feel like it broke the pattern that started off with "You Know My Name" from Casino Royale. But whatever, you know. Um, again, and maybe that has maybe that has to do also with um, with why Quantum of Solace didn't do it for me. Because again, to me, the James Bond films have become an experience, and it's an experience that begins way before I sit my butt down in that movie theater to watch the actual movie. It's an experience that begins from when they announce the movie, from when they. Uh, announce who's going to be composing the theme song, the theme, the the the, the movie theme for that for that particular movie. Uh, when that song is actually released, when they pl- when they release the first trailer using that song, all these little steps are like this crazy buildup of excitement to finally sit down and see it all come together when the film begins, and then comes that opening sequence, right? The opening credits. Uh, using the song with the beautiful, uh, the beautiful visual treatment. So maybe that had to do with it. Maybe Quantum of Solace with Another Way to Die because it was so different from what I heard in Casino Royale. Maybe you know that had to do with why I didn't build up the same kind of excitement that I did when I heard Skyfall performed by Adele for the first time. Right, leading up to the Skyfall movie release. That song got me excited, legitimately got me excited for that film. Um, and then came uh, Writings on the Wall by Sam Smith. That was dope. I mean, Sam Smith, incredible voice. He goes, it, it, it continued that same kind of uh, feel that I, you know, the feeling that I got from, you know, my name and from Skyfall. It was beautiful, you know, Writings on the Wall. And it's a great song. It's a great track. I love that one. Um, and now we're here awaiting the arrival of the latest iteration, the 2020 Bond movie, No Time to Die. And whom did they choose for the title song? None other than Billie Eilish. And I'm a big Billie Eilish fan. I love what this girl has done as an artist, I have a great deal of respect for somebody who is who manages to gain success without sacrificing their creative freedom and sacrificing their their creative license. Uh, it's difficult to do in show business, from what I've been told. Um, and Billie Eilish is one of these people that you can tell is able to infuse her vision into her work, into the stuff that she creates. It shows. It's original. It feels fresh. It feels different. It may not be for everybody, right? Obviously, you know, everybody has their own taste in music, but um, she's definitely gained my respect throughout the years that, you know, the couple of years that she's been um, at the top of the charts. 
And uh, when she was announced as the composer for the the song for uh, No Time to Die, I <laughs> I could hardly contain myself. Um, and it was released recently, No Time to Die by Billie Eilish. If you haven't listened to it, um, pause this, go to YouTube or wherever, and um, to whatever streaming service of choice, and find No Time to Die. It is a really good song. It has that James Bond feel. You know, to me, it's second to Skyfall. Skyfall is still number one for me. I think that was going to be really difficult to top, but this is second place without a doubt. Um, and I can't wait now for the release of the trailer. They've already released teaser trailers and I think a full trailer already at this point for No Time to Die. Now I can't wait for the trailer with the song attached to it. That'll be the last trailer that I see for this movie. I don't want any more things spoiled. I just can't wait to see it in, in theaters. Um, but again, I can't wait to get this experience. I've been following Daniel Craig's um, James Bond tale from the beginning, from Casino Royale. They made me a fan with this portrayal of James Bond. They made me a fan with the music. I'm already a fan of the new movie with this uh, No Time to Die song by Billie Eilish. I can't wait to experience No Way to Die in theaters. So how about you guys? Anybody out there a Bond fan? Is anybody looking forward to this latest movie? I'd be really, really curious to find out how you all feel about the different James Bond characters, or, or rather actors. Because um, again, I, I don't have the points of comparison, so I'd love to hear a little bit about um, how you all feel, um, who you feel is the best James Bond. I know a lot of people out there must have really strong feelings about it, so um, we'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up via email at g101podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at g101podcast. Guys, if you are enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe. There's always geeky stuff happening, and we're always going to be here to talk about it, giving you guys the news, giving you our perspective as only a father and son duo can do. And uh, if you do like the podcast, give us a five-star rating. It'll help us get noticed on the different podcast servers. And um, please let people know about the podcast. Get people involved. The more geekologists, the better. Until next episode, I will catch you guys later.